hey everybody he's dr house i'm wilson she's cuddy no wait he's foreman not chuck foreman the doctor foreman i'm chase she's cameron the vikings are on life support this isn't house it's vikings reporting through a tent drewster how are you Oh, yeah, perfect choice for tonight. Oh. The, great, the great house. It's more of a modern-day show. We usually do the old ones, but you know what? I like how I think house is one of the best shows out there. It is. It's, it's almost kind of a classic. It's, it's a long time since it's been on now. And the thing with house is, like, if you didn't watch the show, Greg House was this, like, real genius doctor that, that would, like, find the weirdest ailments in patients. It would come in. They'd come into the hospital, and nobody knew what was wrong with them. And he'd say something like, oh, it's, it's sarcoidosis or, or something fairly common. And they'd start treating it and the patient to get better. Do you know what's wrong with me? Nothing that the Golden Girls couldn't have handled in 23 hilarious minutes. You had a hot flash. And it turns out they'd have something like the Zimmer coaching deficiency syndrome that only like four <laughs> people in the world get. And, all, and the patient is close to death. You must be Dr. House. You must be full of baloney. Hmm. A lot of it. Before they administer the drugs and they save them. That's where the Vikings are right now. He was always so kind to everybody, too, wasn't he, House? You idiot. You idiots. You're being an idiot. You're an idiot. You guys are idiots. Oh, just a great <laughs> bedside manner. <laughs> and, and he used to use drugs during the show, so he was like a little bit loopy during the... What was he addicted to, Tootsies? That's what I was going to say, is I'd rather have Mike Zimmer on Vicodin. Maybe that'll work. You stash your drugs in a lupus textbook. It's never lupus. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 house, <laughs> that house episode when they had that dwarf or that midget on there. And she didn't like the fact that House was using drugs, and she said, are you high? And he said, I'm higher than you. Are you high? Higher than you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good show. But it, like, it got to be kind of the same formula. Like, somebody comes in with, like, these weird symptoms, and they think it's something, and then it's, they think they're getting better, and then the patient almost dies, and they, they have this non-patient drama going on, and then they figure out what's going on, and they save the patient. Speaking of shows, welcome to episode 41 of Vikings Report. We got a big show ahead for tonight. We got Vikings news. We're going to talk about Drew's question of the week. We got hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy segment. Woohoo! We've got our preview, and uh, we've got our, our field correspondent, Robert W. Farnsworth, is going to be around to, to introduce that. We got trivia. We got a mess. We got some mess? What? Look, this is the 80s, and you're not in a band anymore. Pay attention. <laughs> I'd be willing to try anything at three and five. Um, <laughs> first off, shout out. We got to shout out a number for 41. 40, Dave Osborne. Dave Osborne. Yeah. Let's let, Dave, let's let Dave Osborne know that we're doing a show. Real quick story about my dad. Didn't like Dave Osborne. He didn't. He didn't. Because Bill Brown was my dad's all-time favorite player. <laughs> Dave Osborne kind of supplanted Bill Brown. Bill Brown, or uh, world famous, uh, had a crew cut uh, or uh, a flat top, if you didn't know. Uh, Dave Osborne. Had one when he first came in the league, but he kind of let his hair grow out to about my length, and, and he kind of combed it onto the side. My father thought Dave Osborne was a hippie. Hippies. Hippies. They're everywhere. They want to save the earth, but all they do is smoke pot and smell bad. Hip. Compared to <laughs> That hippie took Bill Brown's job. It's my dad. 
What a beautiful way to get kicked off today. Uh, so anyways, I guess we'll just we'll just get right into it. Minnesota Vikings dropped a 3-5, and five, lose 34-31 in overtime to the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. If you haven't, please go watch uh, Vikings Report Rewind. Drew, Christopher Gates, and myself recapped that entire crap fest of a game. But some things that have come out of that game, one of them, which, which we found out right before game Sunday, is that uh, Harrison Smith was put on the COVID-19 IR and he couldn't play. And as was Dakota Dozier. And now since that, there are three more players that are on COVID IR list. Garrett Bradbury, which happened earlier in the week before Harrison Smith. Linebacker Ryan Connolly and practice squad tackle Timon Paris. So you've got like five guys on the COVID list. I'm not saying it's running through Egan like wildfire, but when you go from like one case to five, it seems like that might be something we need to keep an eye on. Yay or nay, Drew? We got 19 dead. You got 100 more infected. It's spreading like a brush fire. What are you talking about? <laughs> Love break. <laughs> I forgot something. Oh, oh what, what did you, you forget? Jeez, how could we? Ted? Oh, we did. I'm cooler than you are. I can't. I can't start the show unless we do this. We got to do it. Yeah, we got to do it. I'm. I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problems? Let's light this candle. He's right. Light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> All right. I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> Who <laughs> <laughs> the hell is Timon Paris? Practice squad, practice squad guy. This is probably it's. I don't think it's an outbreak. I mean, it's happening to every team. Two or three guys. Yeah, it is. the The thing that could be concerning, though, is like the Vikings' key guys are unvaccinated. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Harrison Smith, who's already gone down. I think Alexander Madison, the backup running back to Cook. So if this gets to be much worse, we could find ourselves in a situation where this could affect the Vikings in a, in a way much like happened to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Missing her vaccination dates. We're not vaccinating. <gasps> but could it be a blessing in disguise? Cameron Bynum did yesterday. Maybe this is a way to get the newbies in there. Get the probies playing. We need the probies playing, Ted. He was PFF's highest rated defensive player, and he played almost the entire game of like 90-some snaps. His total PFF rating was 90-point-something, which is better than, I think, any great Harrison Smith has posted this year. Just pressed into work, too. Didn't even have time to really prepare for it, but... He wasn't playing his normal safety position. He was playing out of position back there, too, according to Mike Zimmer. He was a corner at Cal, and then they were going to yeah. make him a safety. They drafted him to be a safety, but he hasn't had a lot of experience at safety because he played corner at Cal. Yeah. So he has a great interception that we do nothing with it to reward him. Just sad. And we talked about that during the postgame, how the Vikings just cannot do anything with turnovers. And that was just a heck of a play he made against Baltimore. Oh. That interception was just a thing of beauty. Jackson deep down the middle, and it is picked off. Cameron Bynum, the rookie, with his first career impact play in a Vikings uniform on defense. He read Lamar Jackson where the play was going perfectly, made a 
made a great play, dived in front of the ball, and held on to it. I, it was just a heck of a play and set the Vikings up, and they should have really taken advantage of it, but unfortunately they didn't. Does there get to be a time in the season, Ted, where you just it doesn't matter if your key guys are out? Better off seeing what you got. Guys like Cam Bynum and Kenny Willickis and Armin Watts, they, they played well. Yes, yes. And, and they, they don't see the field because the veterans play in front of them. It feels like that's what's going on with Wyatt Davis. And and at this point, why? I mean, people say, well, we don't, we're not in practice every day. We don't see what the coaches are seeing. And then when a guy like Cameron Bynum shows out like he did yesterday, you know, it convinces me more and more that, that the Vikings coaching staff plays veterans in a lot of positions just because they're veterans, regardless of how the, the younger guys are playing. I agree. Like, Willikas could have three sacks yesterday. That guy's yeah. crazy. The way he was playing, how do you justify him not playing? I don't think you can. Where the hell have those guys been? Been sitting on the bench and been inactive. And it just kind of makes me wonder even more why guys like Patrick Jones II and Chaz Surratt aren't playing. You read social media and get on Facebook or Twitter, and there's a lot of Vikings fans that are saying, man, I just, I don't care as much as I did, as I used to. And, and we got a good friend of ours. His name's Darren Campbell. And he's an OG blogger, I think, as the kids would say. How do you do, fellow kids? What? He, he started a, a couple blogs called Grant's Tomb and Kick-Ass Vikes blog that were, were around long before most any blog you read today is. They're, they're no longer around. He's also on the show over on Climbing the Pocket with our good buddy Dave called Two Old Bloggers. Hi, Dave. Hi, Darren. I hope you guys are doing well. But in our Facebook group, the Gallahorn, if you're on Facebook, just look, look for it. If you want to join, we may or may not accept you. It's kind of a secret society. See, I belong to a certain secret society. I don't believe I've got to mention its name. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do a couple things. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, he, he posts this thing called Deep Thoughts, and it just sort of perfectly encapsulated sort of where I am. I, I want to read a couple. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I want to read a couple things. And, Drew, I want you to comment and see where you are at this. He's like, I'll cut to the chase. Watching the Vikings play isn't fun anymore. You know how it's going to turn out. You don't even have to play the game. This team isn't going anywhere, so over the final nine games, how am I supposed to feel on game day? What is a Viking fan to do? Enjoy watching players who will be the future of the team grow? while not caring much about the end result of the games they play, it's a weird place to be as a fan. That struck home for me because that is kind of almost the exact spot I am at with the Vikings this year. That's just typical Darren Campbell. When you read through it right at the end, you kind of look to this guy and go, that's how I feel. A lot of stuff you read by him, that's how you feel when you're done. And that's when you know you, you're, you're looking at a great sports writer. But that's he's a diehard fan, and that's exactly how I feel, how he wrote it out there. It puts it in the perfect little frame right there. You know, last year just sucked the life out of me in terms of, of being a Vikings fan with, you know, I, I didn't think they were going to get the season done with COVID. I thought they'd maybe play like four or five games. The, the no fans in the stands was just, I didn't think they were going to be good. And I just, I just was kind of, I was just kind of done with them. And now they sort of sucked me back in. This show did a lot in, in getting me back towards this team. And, and now I'm back to where I was almost to the point last year with, man, I, whatever. Play the game, don't play the game, whatever. Win, lose, I don't care. It really is trying on your fanship. I got Seahawks friend, a Bills friend. You know, you got friends of different teams. And a lot of them say, you know, my team loses, but your team has brutal losses, Drew. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's like extra worse than the normal losses because you, you look like you're going to win. We have a lot of games like yesterday. We had two different 14-point leads. Yeah, 17-3 and 24-10. to 10. At either of those junctures, did you feel good about winning that game? 
at 17 to three, no, because that was when they, we just talked about the Bynum interception that they couldn't convert into a touchdown and had to settle for a field goal. And then the Ravens went right back down and scored. And I thought, here we go. But it was, and it was halftime at 24, 10. I thought when Kane Wang returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown and it was the, the two score lead again, I thought, okay, let, let's see how the defense does. And then the Ravens went down and scored three more touchdowns on their. So they had, I think, four straight drives of touchdown, 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 touchdown. And it was whatever. I don't think I felt this game is over about a Vikings game since 1998, maybe 2000. Seriously. I, I mean, they just, they never seem to put an opponent away for whatever reason. You always want to have fun while you're watching your team at some point. I mean, yeah. I know. And if you look at a Viking box score, you'd think, well, there's some fun in there, right? But it just, it's it's so fleeting. It doesn't last very long. It's like, you know, you get, you get an interception and you have three lousy plays and it feels like Baltimore took the momentum back. It's not fun to watch your team get a lead knowing that there's something coming. You're not sure what that something is. Right. But something is going to happen to cause them to lose this game. Bob, I got a bad feeling on this one, all right? I mean, I got a bad feeling. I mean, for me, when I now watch the Vikings, I look for that moment. For me, it was that field goal after the Bynum interception. I'm like, this game isn't over. It's it's far from over. When the Vikings take a 17-3 lead, does Mike Zimmer turn around to the team and go, everybody settle down. I got a handle on this. I'll have this thing tied up in no time. You just wait. Just don't freak out. I mean, does he? It's almost like they're probably unsettled if we have a lead. Like, this just doesn't feel right. I think what he does, and you coined this term a few shows back, he has this laminated sheet of mistakes. <laughs> and, and he's like, he looks around, he's like, all right, boys, we're up 24-10. Kubiak, <laughs> give me those laminated sheet of mistakes. We, we got to get the other team back in this. Let's go. Oh, here we go. False start. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> False start. All right, late hit, false start. What else can we do? So frustrating. Billion stars per galaxy and 10 million billion planets in the universe that we're the only ones with life. No, but I'm guessing we're the only ones who like shoving things through our back doors. I think what Darren wrote sort of encapsulates what a lot of us are feeling as Vikings fans. It's just harder and harder to get worked up. That's what she said. And be excited for this team and this franchise knowing that with this current coaching staff and certain key players that what we see every week is what we're going to continue to get. Unless there's a change, I don't think anything different is going to happen. It just seems like the Vikings are, are years from contention. The way the NFL is structured, it's almost impossible not to be bad for 10 or 15 years, but it just feels that way right now. I, I'm sure it's not, but it just feels that way. But on the flip side of that, to kind of give us some hope, a good another good friend of ours, Tony Bell, probably the smartest football guy I've ever met, asked us this question for the show last week. We didn't get to it, but we want to get to it now. He said, have the Packers been that great, or is it because the rest of the NFC North has shot themselves in the foot with bad coaching and front office moves since, like, 2010? I think the impetus of that question comes off of – he asked it last week, but I think it, it's more relevant after we saw Jordan Love channel his inner Christian Ponder <laughs> on Sunday – against God. the Kansas City Chiefs. That guy's terrible, dude. That dude is cheeks, <laughs> as the kids say. How do you do, fellow kids? What? <laughs> <laughs> He's cheeks. Oh, He's terrible. That's a really, really, that's a tough question. Part of me would say, yeah, it's got to be because the rest of the divi division has been cheeks. 
for uh, a few years, but you look at their overall record, 33 and... Start counting. How many? 26. Okay, either you suck at math or you're gonna die in two seconds. Eight? 33 and eight? I'm just throwing a number out there. It's gotta be... Since Matt LaFleur became the head coach. Yeah, 33 and eight. There's a lot of games outside the division in there. Not just because they're in the weak-ass NFC North. They've won too many games outside the NFC North. 33 and eight. It doesn't hurt that they get these games against the division where they just seem to roll through it every year, but maybe it's a little mixture of both. What do you think? I would agree it's a combination of both. I think the Packers are good, but if you take away Aaron Rodgers from that team or Brett Favre before him for, for a lot of those teams Favre was on, it's an average football team. I mean, if you put Aaron Rodgers playing against the Chiefs, I bet the Packers win by two scores, maybe three scores, because the Chiefs didn't look great either. I mean, they, they've been in kind of in a funk all season. But watching a good chunk of that game with Jordan Love instead of Aaron Rodgers sort of reminds you they've got – their team consists of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Darius Smith, and like a bunch of guys. Jerry Alexander is pretty good, and I'm sure there's – I'm not a huge Packers follower like I am the Vikings, so I'm sure there's like a couple guys maybe on both sides of the ball I'm missing. But it's not a great football team once you take Aaron Rodgers away from them. And this past controversy with him and his COVID-19 status and all that rigmarole I don't want to get into, it feels like that relationship is broken and he is definitely going to move on at the end of the year. And if what we're seeing with Jordan Love is the future, then I think, yes, the Packers have been good, but there is – an opportunity there for the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions because the, the Packers aren't that much better. They're not winning more than a couple games with that love. If they wouldn't, they're not going to beat us if he plays. The Vikings will win that game, I think. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I, I was kind of on the fence about whether or not this would be Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. After this this COVID controversy scandal, whatever it is you want to call it, I think this is definitely his, his last year. You know what? Day. He's a lion sack of shit, that guy. <laughs> yeah. It's the basic truth of the human condition that everybody lies. He's a yeah, liar, he, and I have nothing. Is. He really he is. No respect for that guy. I think his time in Green Bay is coming at the end. But this leads me to my Drew Bunting question of the week. <laughs> You're a moron. Hit me with the Drew Bunting question of the week. So I, I sort of set this up. It, it feels like the Vikings are years away from contending. The Packers have dominated this division, but that looks like it might be coming to an end. We both think that this is it for Zimmer at the end of this year, regardless. Assuming there's a new head coach and a new GM, how soon can a new regime turn things around for the Minnesota Vikings and get them back to winning the NFC North? I think they could be a contender next year, as soon as next year. Really? But yeah, as soon as next year, but they would have to have a lot of things fall their way. I'm thinking more 2023 uh, because it takes a new regime, at least, you know, you got that muddle through season just to, you know, get everything switched around to what you want. But, you know, there's just, it's not just a bunch of scrubs here. The Vikings have a pretty good foundation. I mean, look at their offensive line, at least the bookends, O'Neal and Derisaw. Yeah. I mean, that's, you got, if, if you're good in the trenches, you always got a chance, right? I don't know what's really going on with the center position, but they got some good young players on defense, and I think they could they could stay competitive. They got one of the best middle linebackers in football. Kendricks is ten tackles away from being the leader of the league in tackles. He's still yeah. having a good year. Jefferson, Thielen, 
Cook, I think they can still contend next year. They just need to get the gloom and the culture turned around. That's the problem with the Vikings. It's not the talent. You got a guy as a coordinator who shouldn't be a coordinator. I don't even know why he hired him. You got a coaching staff in here that's going to know how to use timeouts and know how to motivate their players. I think the Vikings still are going to have a good supply of talent next year. Yeah, somebody needs to take this dark cloud of gloom and doom that just kind of follows the Vikings wherever they go. It's sticking to this franchise like a London fog right now. And I think the only thing that's going to get rid of it and change that mindset is a new coach and a new coaching staff, but that's me. It's it's more gloomy than it's ever been. It feels like it, yeah. Th- this is getting to the point of the last days of Childress kind of feel. And they're chanting, fire Childress. After two games, Ohio State had, or three games, Ohio State had lost one and they barely, they lost to Oregon and they barely beat Tulsa. And their defense was a complete shambles. Head coach Ryan Day stood up at the podium on a day when, a bunch of coaches and players were supposed to speak. He said, I'm only speaking today because what's happened in the last two weeks is inexcusable. It starts with me. It's my fault. And we are making some drastic changes on my coaching staff. The defensive coordinator is Kerry Combs, who is still the defensive coordinator in name, but he took him off the sideline, put him up in the press box and he had a new guy, but he is now calling the plays. He was one of the defensive assistants and is now calling the plays. The Ohio State defense has done a complete 180 because he took action and he didn't blame anybody. He said, this is on me. This is my responsibility, and it's up to me to fix, and I'm going to fix it. We're going to have some difficult conversations, and I am just as guilty as the next guy in letting it get to this point. I tell you what, it is so refreshing to see a head coach do that and make those changes and to see the result on the field because Ohio State's defense has gone from one of the worst in the country to one of the best in the last six or seven games. And unless the Vikings do something like that, it's going to be the same old song and dance for the rest of the season. And everything you just explained, I'm not sure why it doesn't happen. I don't either. We talk about the same stuff every single week. Yes. And that's not our problem. It's just what that's what the Vikings do. And the thing that really irritates me is, is when I hear Mike Zimmer talk, I hear a guy that's got nothing but excuses now. He just says, well, yeah, I was irritated at the offense on that, on that overtime drive. Bitch, you're the head coach. You manipulate and i I hate to contrast it with a college program and all that but it's not the players it's the mentality sean McVay at the end of the monday night game where they lost at home to tennessee in kind of embarrassing fashion i think the first thing he said out of his mouth was whatever happened tonight it starts with me the head coach i did not prepare this team and we did not play well and that is completely on me that's what he said i have not heard mike zimmer say that in over two years I mean, he'll say, well, yeah, I'm the head coach and it's my fault, but, and then he'll just start throwing people (laughs) or other coaches under the bus. It's just, instead of doing that, just do something. Then it rolls to the next week. Then the next is the same and the same. Do the ownership just put big, big pieces of plywood up on the window and turn the phones off and then go, you do social media. Do you hear anything from the organization about this season? No, nothing. That's why we can't even put show notes together. We don't know it. <laughs> and look at us rolling anyways. I got a Ted question for you. Okay, what do you got? Oh, first off, I have this. I caught this uh, photograph 
at, at Mike Zimmer's press conference of all the, the monkeys wa- watching the press conference. Here it is. As you see, they're all in tune with what's going on there. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. The 10th question of the week that I have for you is, every year about this time of the season, about week 9 or 10, some middle floating team that's about 500, right at 500, maybe a little under, one of them gets hot and goes on a big run, and they get in the playoffs. They may not go all the way, but they certainly make a statement. They turn it around from the first half of the season to the second half. A couple teams are going to do it this year. I don't know who it is, but it happens every year in the NFL. Are the Vikings, can they be one of those teams? That's the question I have for you. They cannot. Do they have the talent to go on a run? Yes, they do. Does anything this coaching staff has done the first eight games of the season give you any confidence that they will, in fact, go on a run? To me, no, they don't. There is not. We see the same thing with this team every week. An offense that is great on their first drive, they're great on their last drive, or they're great when they're behind. And you see a a defense that's okay, but when it comes down to it, they can't make a stop. I don't think they have it in them. I mean, you've got, what, the Chargers – and then Green Bay, and then they go on the road to San Francisco, and then they're I got I know they got the Rams later on. They still got to play the Bears twice, the Lions one more time, the Packers one more time after this upcoming game. When you look at that schedule and you look at the way this team has played, I don't think they'll get three or four more wins all season. What about you? What do you think? Do you think they can do it? I don't think they can because I don't think they show any signs of any toughness. Like you yeah. said, they have the good drive, the good scripted drive at the beginning. You have one at the end, then in between it's... <laughs> That's what it is in between. It's like a monkey trying to have sex with a football for two and a half quarters. And the football's winning. Uh, all the time. <laughs> Golly. I don't think they have the... What, I don't know what intestinal fortitude. I've never known what that means. Maybe you could... What is the hell does that mean anyway? Lake fishing can be fun. It can bring the generations together. Whatever. <laughs> I, isn't that, doesn't that have something to do with toughness or something? Yeah, it's the ability to go on when you don't think you can go on. Thank you. I don't think they have that. They don't show any signs of that. So I wanted to see what your answer was, but I agree. I don't think they have that in them to do that. We don't want to be a Debbie Downer about the whole thing, but we try to be honest, too. This team could be so much better. Individually, there are great players on this team. Collectively, they are not a good they're, – they're just not good. You know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I've said it on this show. I've said it on past shows we've been on. The NFL, every team in the NFL has eight and eight talent. There's nobody great in every facet of every position group. There are weaknesses on every team. There are strengths on every team. Right. The difference between 12 and 5 and 5 and 12 in the NFL is coaching. It comes down to coaching. And this coaching staff, I used to like him. I thought Mike Zimmer was the right guy at the right time, and, and he – he had some good years, but something in him has changed. He is either beat down or just as checked out mentally or something, but he's not the guy he was. Look at that overtime drive we had. After the timeout, Cousins on a drop. Swings it out for Cook. Cook. And he runs right into Tyus Bowles. Ten at the line of scrimmage for Baltimore. Here comes the blitz. Cousins throws. Incomplete. Fourth down. That's the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. 
blase, no chance. That's what it is. All right. That'll about do it for our Minnesota Vikings news. Before we get to our game preview, it's our hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy football segment. Let's do it. We didn't do so well this week against the boys over at Vikings Uncensored, did we? Uh, looks like our three-game win streak is coming to a close. Mr. Yeah. Uh, Lance Bruns and Ryan Johnson are pretty happy about that. Yeah, we uh, we are now. We're still ahead. We're still ahead 5-4, to four, but we didn't do very well. For our own personal season contest between Drew, Ruby, and myself, I believe Ruby won this week, did she not? Yes, she did. Just squeaked out the victory, but I think 95% of the people who voted this week voted for her team. So this is the first week where all the majority of the votes, actually, everybody will pick up a point. We'll put those winners up on the board right now, and then we will show you the season standings for folks. And still, even with all those winners last week, it's still wide open. Halfway through, there is nobody, you know, like the Vikings, there's nobody running away with this thing, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So the season standings, I got three wins, Drew has three wins, and Ruby has three wins. Now, what our personal record is doesn't matter, but how, how we play. So each week, we will pick a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. And we're using a standard PPR scoring format. So what we do is we pick that player. Once we pick that player, we can't use him again for the rest of the season. And all, all you guys need to do is look at our different fantasy football teams for the week and write down in the comments below. Team Ted, Team Drew, or Team Toons is who you think is going to win. If you pick the correct team for that week, you win, and you get a point. The person who has picked the most winners at the end of the year and has the most points consequently wins this really cool prize, this framed picture of eight great Minnesota Vikings players and, and their, their trading cards, great collector's item to, to, to start your collection or add to your collection, maybe give to your kids or grandkids if they want to get into card collecting. It's really cool. We also have a mystery prize. I, I don't know what it is. One more thing. We decided early on in the season that we will not pick any players from the Thursday night game. This week, it's uh, Baltimore at Miami, just because a Thursday night player could have a really good night and maybe get like 50 points and pretty much skew the results. So with the show not airing until Friday, we don't want to give, you know, kind of a a lopsided advantage to anybody. So we're not picking any players from the Baltimore-Miami game this coming week. So, Ruby, who do you have for your team this week? All right. The winning championship team this week is. <laughs> always, always has to start with that. You notice that? Yeah. Like, once for the first time in almost a month, already talking smack. Well, now I know she got 14 votes last week and I got one. Yeah. And the person right. who voted for me says, I don't think you're going to win, Drew. I, just, I didn't want to see you get no votes. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he said. It's Justin Barkley said, I feel sorry for you, bro. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Derek Carr is my quarterback. Jonathan Taylor is my running back. Chris Godwin is wide receiver one. DK Metcalf is wide receiver two. And TJ Hawkinson is my tight end. All right, Drew, who do you got? Lock it up. Championship. (laughs) Put it on the board. Drew's championship team. This week I have Dak Prescott coming off his horrible game. He's got to bounce back as my quarterback. My running back is Mr. Najee Harris for the Steelers. My first wide receiver is A.J. Brown of the Titans. My second wide receiver is D.K. Metcalf of the Seahawks. And my tight end is Jared Cook. It's a good team. Tootsies, you have a good team, but neither of you have the best team. Because this week, I have Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams as my quarterback. Running back, Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers. 
Wide receiver, C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. My other wide receiver is Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And my tight end is Tyler Conklin of your Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Okay, yeah, everybody get your votes in. It's a pretty tough vote this week. Vote for who do you think is going to win. And again, it's wide open. There's there's only – that's what she said. And there's only a couple <laughs> – there's only a couple points between first place and everybody at center. It, nobody's running away with this thing. So it's it's not too late to enter if you haven't entered yet. You, you pick three or four teams in a row. A, you'll be doing better than the Minnesota Vikings. And B, you'll be right in the thick of this thing. So, all right. Michigan won over the weekend. I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Good job eating that cupcake against Indiana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you guys play? Nebraska. A little bit of a cupcake icing right there, Ted. Okay, you got to admit. You, you know, you, you got to admit. Nebraska. Stop it. Stop it. That's, come on. That's an apple fritter, at least, or a cupcake. You beat Nebraska by three at home. Ohio yeah. State beat Nebraska. Nebraska's largest margin of defeat this year in Lincoln. Stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> well, we're going to sell it this month, aren't we? <laughs> oh, we, yes, we are. We are going to be a house house divided in about three oh, weeks. Yeah, we are. Can't wait. Cannot wait. But that's coming up right now. It's time for our preview. And I, I just got word our field correspondent, Robert W. Farnsworth, <laughs> is uh, on the line and ready to give us the lead into the preview. So, Robert, go ahead and take it away. Hello again, everybody. Robert W. Fondworth here. This week, our beloved boys in purple and gold take the flagship of the Topeka and Santa Fe Railway, the super chief, the train of the stars, to Hollywood, Tinseltown, the city of angels, Los Angeles, California, to take on those carpet-bagging, dastardly Los Angeles Chargers. Will the Vikings come back home with their Hollywood dreams fulfilled, or will they come back home with broken dreams? We'll find out. take the super chief the train of the stars out to la you face the chargers what's the record of chargers ted chargers are five and three drew and they are mm. not charging like the chargers of old they're actually starting to win close games they've lost a couple close games but now they're starting to win those close games they're, they're sort of learning how to win under coach brandon staley first year coach as you can see we've got our our typical vikings report preview board and we start at the top with quarterback, and we work our way all the way down to what category, Drew? Intangibles. Intangibles. And we finish off with
<laughs> oh, stop it. You're killing me. All right. First category quarterback, Justin Herbert versus Kirk Cousins. Who you got? I don't know if you're going against the worst defense, the pass defense in the league, how you can only come out with 187 yards. We don't want to rehash all the play calling, whose responsibility and who didn't do this or whatever. But, you know, both these quarterbacks, when they're groove, they're very good quarterbacks. Uh-huh. And this was a very close vote for me. Kirk seems to be regressing towards old Kirk a little bit. I hate to do it, but I got to give my check mark to Herbert. I did too. And I was going to use that exact phrase. Kirk is regressing. He, he just is. Justin Herbert is kind of ascending. His game seems to be getting better and better. He's learning how to win late, which is a huge trait that you want in your franchise quarterback, early first right. round draft pick. Justin Herbert gets the check for me too. Okay. Running, Running back, game. The Vikings, uh, obviously Dalvin Cook had a couple of big runs, but I, I think it was like on 14 carries he only had, you know, you take away a 66-yard run, he had a couple other long runs. You take away those runs, he had like 14 carries for like 40 yards or something. Kane Wongwu, I'd like to see him mixed up in the backfield. The Chargers have Austin Eckler, and here's a name you need to know, fullback Gabe Neighbors, because the way the, the Ravens fullback clowned the Minnesota Vikings defense, Gabe Neighbors is probably going to have like eight receptions for 92 yards and three touchdowns. When you look at the Chargers' overall running game, it's it's not very good in the NFL. I think it's like 24th or 25th in the league. I'm going to give my check mark to the Vikings. And I'd like to see the Vikings. I, I, I'm kind of done with Alexander Madison getting carries. He just kind of really doesn't do anything for me. I'd like to see him try and incorporate Kane Wang some more. Sometimes, Ted Glover, it amazes me that we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> and then sometimes it scares me that we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> Uh, the Vikings are ranked ninth in rushing offense, and the Chargers are 22nd, but that only is a difference of 22 yards. The Chargers are dead last in rushing defense, Ted. Last. The, the Ravens were dead last in passing defense. And I tried to work that up last week, and it did no good. Right. So that be, being the Chargers are last to give up 161 yards a game. Their safeties lead the team in tackling. I think Delvin Cook's going to have a huge game. My check mark goes to the Vikings because Eckler's no slouch. He's a good running back, but he's all they got. They really don't have. The other guy's hurt. The only other guy they got is Richard Roundtree, chef. So I'm still going to give my uh, check mark to the Vikings. What about receivers, receiving game? This is going to be a clinic out here. I think both teams have really good wide receivers. And your Chargers with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and because you know who the Vikings have. Be nice to see Osborne kind of get back into the groove. Conklin's no slouch this year, Ted. 32 for 342. So he's put in the work. And he was just supposed to be a backup. Yeah. That's the thing we got to give Conklin credit for this year. He wasn't even supposed to be the starter, and he's worked into that really well. Jared Cook is good on the other side, though. So they, have, they have equally a good a tight end. Let me throw out a tasty tidbit real quick on the wide receivers for this game, Ted. The four wide receivers, the two guys I mentioned, then Thielen and Jefferson, have 195 catches, 2,284 yards, and 19 touchdowns between these four wide receivers we're going to see. Yeah. So it's going to be up and down, up and down on the field. But I think Joe Lombardi has a little bit better idea of what, what's going on as being a coordinator than Kubiak does. Let's be honest here. Kubiak isn't using the wideouts like he's supposed to. And until he does, they're not getting my check mark. They may have better players to a man. But better players don't matter if you're not using them right, Ted. It doesn't yeah. matter. So I have to give the Chargers my check mark. I don't want to, but they're forcing me to. I give the check mark to the Chargers as well. I think Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, WR1 and WR2, 
for L.A. are a lot better than WR1 and WR2 for the Vikings, currently Tyler Conklin and C.J. Ham. So <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have said it better until the Vikings figure out that they have two weapons on the outside and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I mean, they hit Jefferson one time on that long play on the opening drive, and then they pretty much ignored him. Adam Thielen, he had like two catches for six yards the whole game. You're right. I give the check mark to the to the Chargers here. What about the O-line, Ted? I'm going to give this one kind of an asterisk. If Mason Cole starts in place of Garrett Bradbury, I'm going to give the check mark to the Vikings. I thought Mason Cole played a really good game on Sunday. And based on that performance, barring a complete regression, like, like a Charlie and Flowers for Algernon regression, Garrett Bradbury does not need to see the field again this year in my humble opinion, as a center. If they start Garrett Bradbury, I'm going to give the check mark to the Chargers. They've, they've only given up 14 sacks all year, 67 pressures at a 19.4% pressure rate. Not a, a huge, really great running game, but like you said, the yardage is really close between top and bottom. They're really close. I honestly believe Mason Cole versus Garrett Bradbury makes the difference between who I give the check mark to. Concerning that issue of Mason Cole or Garrett Bradbury starting, I'm going to throw you up this little picture that I made yesterday. There we go. <laughs> that explains how I feel about it if they start Garrett Bradbury tomorrow. The Vikings O-line is still surprisingly good at this point to what I thought they would be from last year. I mean, they still didn't give up any sacks in the Raven game. They give up zero sacks, I do believe. Uh-huh. And I think the quarterback hits or hurries that were happening was because Cousins was holding the ball too long. I think he was. And he hasn't been doing that all year, but I give I give most of those hurries last Sunday against the Ravens to Cousins and not the offensive line. Okay. They're playing better. They're still a work in progress, but look at it from left to right on the Chargers. The Chargers had the the cheeks, the ass cheek offensive line line. They were the worst <laughs> offensive line I saw last year. Terrible. They were bad. They got our big boy from Northwestern, Rashawn Slater, who we did a lot of draft research on. Mm-hmm. They got him at left tackle, solid. Then they got uh, Feeler. They got... Lindsley from the Packers, yep, damn good center. Then they got the great Mike Schofield, tremendous guard. And I'm hearing Bulaga's coming back this week. Oh, really? To take over for the great Storm Norton, who's been playing right tackle. <laughs> Remember him from Vikings? Former, yeah, former Viking Storm Norton. The tremendous one-game history of Storm yeah. Norton as a Viking in 2018. So Norton's back to the bench, and if they get Bulaga back, checkmark has to go to their offensive line. Hey, what school did Corey Lindsley go to? Michigan, didn't he? No, Ohio State. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah. He's Ohio State. Yeah. I'm surprised he made it in the league since all their other guys <laughs> brought <him> out. <laughs> Jeez. So what do you got for the defensive line, Drewster? Had elf line. <laughs> defensive line. Vikings defensive line got run over by Baltimore's run game. I know they were playing against Lamar Jackson, and that's not easy. But – Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman got 150 yards between them. Le'Veon Bell, Ted. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman would have been a heck of a running back t- combo seven years ago. <laughs> but they were Sunday. The- 150 yards. Then you add on the 1,150 yards Lamar Jackson has that ground on the ground. God. You know what I do like about the Vikings D-line and the reason I'm going to give them the check mark? I think to a man they have – more depth than the Chargers do. And I know the Chargers run the three-man front, but if you look at the Chargers' depth chart, they got a lot of injured guys and they got a lot of nobodies. Yeah. And I like the depth of the Vikings. I like Willikus and Watts. Those guys are actually pumping a, bit, a little bit of life into a negative team. 
I like the way they played last Sunday. Still a big loss without Hunter. It's hard to give anybody the check mark without Hunter, but I'm going to give the defensive line the check mark because they have better depth than the Chargers, Ted. And the Chargers, let's, let's face it, their run defense is worse than ours. They haven't stopped anybody either. Yeah, the, the Chargers are last in the NFL in, running, uh, in, in defending the run. They've got Joey Bosa at, at the end, and he's Bosa is one of those guys. He's like Daniil Hunter. He's a guy that you have to figure out where he is on every play, and you have to game plan for him. I don't think the Chargers have a guy that can take pressure off of Bosa like the Vikings did with Everson Griffin before Daniil Hunter got hurt. So if the Vikings are smart, which I have absolutely no confidence that they will be, they'll double team him and chip him and do whatever. That said, I, I like the Vikings depth a little bit better. I'm going to give them a slight edge here as well. Linebackers. I'm going to give the check to the Vikings here. I, Anthony Barr's been playing better. Eric Hendricks is having a good year. There's really nobody on the Chargers that just jumps out at you like a guy like Eric Hendricks does. So I'm going to give that check mark to the Vikings here. They do get Kenneth Murray back. Drew Tranquil, Nuosu, Shasir White. Yeah, those aren't really any big household names. They are a pretty athletic group. They had 20 tackles last week against Philly, the linebacking core. Let me tell you something, Ted. I'm going to disagree about Barr. Barr had one of the best interceptions I've seen in a long time. Very athletic, fantastic play, tremendous play. That entire game, Anthony Barr was not involved in one tackle. He had that pick, and he had one pass defense. He didn't have any tackles, solo or assisted, in that game. Really? And your linebackers kind of have to tackle, Ted. Well, they do, yeah. I yeah, disagree a little bit on the production you're getting from him, but I don't want to take that away from that pick. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, but you kind of need more than zero tackles out of one of your linebackers. That's just Yeah, that's fair. So I am going to give the check mark to the Chargers because they're getting Kenneth Murray back, their first-round pick out of Bama. Vigil and Barr only combined for two tackles. If it wasn't for Kendrick, 17. 17 tackles. It would have been uh, SOL, as they used to say in my old days. I'm still going to give the check mark to the Chargers linebackers. Okay. What do you got for secondary? Well, now that Breland's out of there, Hitman's going to miss another game. We talked about how big of a game Cam Bynum has. I feel better about him filling the spot back there. Still, the Chargers have two of the best. They have the best safety in football in Derwin James. And Buda yeah. Baker's pretty damn good himself. And there's Nasir Adderley's not bad either. Yeah. Yeah. They got two really good safeties back there. They are missing a corner. I don't think Asante Samuel is going to be able to go this game. He didn't play last week against Philly, and I don't think he's going to go, but they still have Chris Harris over on the other side. They got a pretty solid secondary, Ted. My check mark goes to the Chargers. Yeah, same thing. Check mark Chargers. You pretty much said all there is to say. Chargers just have a better set of personnel, and I think they're deeper right now, too. Red zone. Chargers, red zone offense, score 62% of the time. Defense, about give up a touchdown about 62% of the time. Vikings are offense and defense is 65 and 68, respectively. The Chargers have been in the red zone a lot more than the Vikings have, though. That's the point I was going to bring up. Isn't that amazing? It is. I mean, like, what was it, 34, 35 trips to the red zone? And the Vikings have, I think, 23 or 24. 34 to 23. 34 is a lot of trips to the red zone. That is. They're playing at home. I like the Chargers. I like the Chargers red zone. Pretty equal, 60%. They're both 60% scoring, but 60% of, of 34 is probably better than 60% of 23. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a math whiz, but yeah. I am going to go against the grain on the Glover on this. I'm going to go again. I'm going to give the Vikings the check mark in the red zone just because when you combo a really piss-poor run defense with a guy like Dalvin Cook, that's a good red zone weapon. 
You know what the most, one of the most amazing things about the Viking season is Dalvin Cook only having two touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. That's an unbelievable statistic at this point this season. Combo that with what I just said, that he's overdue, Ted. And when you're overdue, you get so I'm gonna I'm gonna put my faith in Dalvin Cook and the Red Zone Vikings this week. All right, what do you got for special teams, buddy? Cujo been really solid lately. You know what that means as a Viking fan? <laughs> you, know, you know what, Ted? Been solid kicking the last two weeks. You know what's coming this week, don't you? Oh, he's gonna shank one into into Encinita. What? <laughs> shank one. He's gonna shank four. Uh, the Chargers kicker is Dustin Hopkins. Come on, man. That guy's the Courtney Love of NFL kickers. Been about on every team. <laughs> <laughs> the Vikings get my check mark, though, for special teams. You know, Wang Wu, I think, was a game changer last week. I, I still don't have any confidence. Joseph, when it really comes down to it, I'm, I'm giving my special teams check to the Chargers. Coaching. <laughs> First-year coach Brandon Staley. Eight games under his belt, and I'd take him over Mike Zimmer. He's got the Chargers at five and three. The Chargers have been known for chargering for year after year. They were like the Vikings are <laughs> this year. They have a good roster, good players, and they just found creative ways to lose football games. Chargering. <laughs> they did that a couple times this year, but they are not doing that now. They are winning games that they used to lose, and Brandon Staley is, is one of these wonderkind guys, you know, like a McVay type, real analytical dude. And it's really starting to get the most out of this football team. I think they're buying into what he's selling. Whereas the Vikings, I think, are on the verge of checking out on Mike Zimmer. Because I think Mike Zimmer is just about checked out. So I'm giving the check to the Chargers here. You know what? If Lane Staley was still alive, I'd give it to Lane Staley. Lane Staley. The singer for Alice in Chains. He should be the head coach. I'd still give, I'd give him the check mark if he was going up against Zimmer. Coaching, he goes to the Chargers. Intangibles, Drewster. Say it again. You didn't say it right. Intangibles. Intangibles. Vikings. Dumb mistakes. Did I really write that down? They can't seem to shake the critical mistakes. We talk about it every week. Sick of talking about it. The last time I'm going to mention it. Handful of good plays. Who will make the handful of good plays? Chargers have been known to make mistakes, too. I think they're more experienced. Joe Lombardi, the coordinator, will be. It's kind of an intangible. I give the Chargers my intangibles this week. I do too. It's a home game for the for the Chargers. I think there's going to be a lot of Vikings fans there, but it's going to be a home game. The Vikings have to cross the country. Last week they were in Baltimore on the East Coast. They go home for a couple of days, then they head out to the West Coast. You know, it's three different time zones in a very short period of time. The Minnesota defense, and this is something we didn't really hit on a whole lot, but the Minnesota Vikings defense was on the field against the Baltimore Ravens for 90 plays. I think the average is about 60, give or yeah. take. 60 give, to 65. Yeah. And some of those guys played, like Cameron Bynum, who we've talked about, played almost the entire game. That's nuts, Ted. That's nuts. When you combine going across multiple time zones, fatigued, and playing that much, I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be gassed when they okay. take the field. I think the Vikings defense is going to be gassed from the opening kickoff on. And it's now you're looking at a hot climate. If there's a game where the Vikings are going to come out flat and uninspired after two brutal losses, this is going to be the one. And I, okay. I think I think that's what we're going to see. So Chargers get your intangibles? Chargers get my intangibles, yeah. All right. So that is our weekly preview.
Now it is time for Jumo. Just one old man's opinion. Drewster, take it away. I've only mispicked twice this season out of eight games, which I think is pretty good. And I'm probably going to be wrong, but I have a feeling the Vikings are going to win this game. Really? Yeah, there's really no reason that I should think that. I just have a feeling that Cook is going to bring the Vikings back to one of those old Cook games where he takes it over. And when Cook is running really well and moving the chains, Cousins is playing better. The receivers are getting their share. The Vikings just seem more in command, and I think that's the game they're going to have. Now, I will say this. It all depends on putting up points. The Vikings only put up 21 points offensively. I know it should be 24, but that interception by Bynum and he returned it to the 16, then they kick a field goal. Offense doesn't get credit for that in my book. No, fail. That was a fail. So they only really generated 21 points. You're going to need more uh, more than that to beat the Chargers. They're going to they're going to put up their points, but I think the Vikings will. I think it'll be a cut game, and I'm thinking around 34 to 30 is what I have written down on my sheet, and I think the Vikings are going to get the win. Okay. All right, folks. Pull up a chair, <laughs> grab you some Kool-Aid. It's sermon time with the right Reverend Jones. I mentioned this in, in the intangibles part. Intangibles. I just think that the Vikings, these losses, the way the Vikings are losing games are, are starting to take a mental toll. It, you just sort of feel it with Mike Zimmer. He seems checked out. You, you, you sort of feel it with the players. I talked about the, the multiple time zone stuff and, and how much the Vikings defense was on the field last Sunday against Baltimore. I think that's going to carry over and definitely be a factor. And I think the Chargers are going to jump out to an early lead. It's going to kind of, I don't want to say snowball or, or steamroll from there, but I, I don't see a, I don't see a Vikings victory on Sunday. So let me, let me. There's not, there's something bad in that cup. I can. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm dead in Guyana. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, that's our preview segment. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back to wrap the show up with some trivia. Deacon's my name, and bowling's my game. Gutter ball, gutter ball. How are you going to score there? Come on, three strikes and you're out. We just won another round of light beer from Miller. Yeah, light sure tastes great. Let's fill it. Tastes great. Eight ball in the pocket. Bubba, this ball doesn't have any holes in it. Yeah, it does. The score's all even. Last frame, who's up? Rodney. Rodney! Oh. Gotta be a mistake. Hey, you kidding? It's a piece of cake. Oh. All we need is one pin, Rodney. Oh, Beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer and less. Hey, I didn't get my turn yet. I'm gonna break this time. All right, Drewster, that puts a bow on episode 41. Thanks to everybody <laughs> that, that tunes in and subscribes. We went over 5,000 subscribers. I am absolutely blown away by that number. Thank you so much to everybody that sends us in your, your comments and plays in our participates in our contests and our games and tunes into the live show. I um, don't think we're going to have a live show this week. By the time you see this, I'll be in Mexico again. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Ruby. Thank you, Liz. 
and we will try to do better the next time Drew take us home. I too want to say thank you to everybody for liking, subscribing, watching. If there's something you want to hear on here, if there's a segment you want to say, hey, you know, it'd be cool you guys would talk about this or that, let us know in the comments below. Thanks for watching our show. We will try to do better the next time. And say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. I've got the plague. Don't worry, it's treatable. Being a bitch, though. Nothing we can do about that.